You're listening to The Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric Schweitzer from the Gamer.com editing team, and today we're talking about Deathloop, NBA 2K22, Skatebird, and Lost Judgment. Let's go! Welcome to the show. We're going to jump right into our Deathloop conversation. I'm joined today by the indescribable Dave Breens. Hey! And the ineffable Kirk McKean. Hello. Kirk is moving on to greener pastures soon, but before he goes, he has graced us with a Deathloop review. Uh, a perfect score, 5 out of 5, right? Yeah. How many perfect scores do you, do you reckon you've given out in oh, your don't, career? Don't get into it. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess it's just another one on the pile then. Uh, but, okay, so first of all, I it's been done to death with all the uh, trailers that people like to complain about. But if you can sort of summarize the gameplay loop of Deathloop, what, uh, what are people in for? So you're trapped on an island called Black Reef and you're in a time loop and you've got a single day and it's split into four chunks of time, which is morning, noon, afternoon and evening. And you've got four locations, which all change depending on what time of day you visit. And you've got to line up eight targets to take them out. And one of those targets can be controlled by another player who can also hunt you down. So when you die or the day ends, the loop resets and you've got to kill all eight in a single day to finish the game, basically. Yeah, the the thing that I didn't expect, and I'm curious um, if this hit you too, was that you don't so much have to figure out how to kill all those eight people in one day. You just sort of have to follow along, and mm-hmm. the game will will eventually lead you there. It's not it's not so much a a puzzle game as it is just a a really clever way to structure a, an action game. That was kind of my my take on it. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it, it wasn't what I expected at all. Like, when it first, because when it first starts, I don't know if you felt the same, but with all the menus and all the locations and all these people popping up, I felt a bit overwhelmed at first. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to think, do I need a whiteboard or what? You know? And then yeah. as it went on, I just, I just kept following leads. And eventually it was like, this is the solution. Just do this and you finished it. Which, I mean, it did surprise me, but I don't think it's a bad choice because. A lot of people won't be down for that, I think. It does take away a little bit of the satisfaction of it, I think. But, um, yeah, most people would just be turned off by how complex it is without those waypoints. Right. Yeah, because it, it is quite complex, but you don't have to keep track of it yourself. The game does a really good job of, of leading you through um, the loops and making the connections for you so that when it comes time to finally, uh, you know, after about... It took me 15 hours, I think. Is mm-hmm. that about how long it took you? Yeah. yeah about After about 15 four. hours of looping over and over and learning a little bit more, working your way through, um, yeah, it, it's just a matter of following the steps that it gives you to eliminate them. It feels a bit like Arcane was terrified of people not understanding it. That's, yeah. that's the impression I get. Even from like the marketing, they was repeating it over and over again. But even with them repeating it over and over again, people were always saying, what is this game? What is this mm-hmm. game? So I understand where that fear comes from. So I, I get it, but like I don't know if it's 
I think it's the. I, I do think it's the right choice. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently, because you gave it a perfect score. Yeah. So, uh, tell us, tell us then why what what makes Deathloop such an exceptional game? It's from Arcane. I don't know yeah. if I mentioned that. Sure. <laughs> no, but like it's just a it's a marriage of everything. Like they they do the best level design in the industry. I think for one thing, like even the art styles above and beyond everything else. It's just everything's full of personality, and I love that about it. And even the multiplayer is different to other games, like how that works and the thrill of like sneaking up on another player and snapping the neck or dropping down from above on them or just even just watching them silently as they go about doing their thing. There's a thrill in that. And even when nothing's happening, there's a thrill in that too. It's just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't stop being thrilling ever. And that's what I love about it, basically. It's such a unique blend of single and multiplayer because in a lot of ways it plays like Arcane's other games like Dishonored and, yeah. and Prey. Um, it's way more action focused and the gunplay is so much better. But it it still very much feels like this uh, single player immersive sim game. But the fact that at any moment someone else can be in your game hunting you makes it unlike any other you know single player campaign shooter experience I've ever seen. I wish it had been like that during the preview section because I completed the game in two days. I just mainlined it. Yeah. <laughs> and the multiplayer wasn't activated at that point. So it was just AI invasions. And mm. they're so easy to deal with that it doesn't really matter. The The only time that I kind of shot myself was, was when Juliana invaded me right at the end of the Golden Loop when I was taking out the three targets mm-hmm. at the end of the game because I'd done everything else you know, all really smooth. And then Julian just turns up at the mansion and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When, when you, uh, when you finally get that perfect day where you get them all, they really backload it with, uh, with targets. Uh, not, not to spoil it, but the hardest part of the day is the very end. So when you get invaded, it's extra scary. Um, and you can play the whole game, with just an AI Juliana, if you want, if you're like really intimidated by the PVP aspect, but um, it's as tempting as it is to like turn off the PVP so that you can, you know, focus and not worry about getting invaded. It's such an important part of the game. I think like, I think you really need that fear because they've solved the problem of save scumming in this game as well. Right. You can't load up when you mess up. So Mm -hmm. everything feels like, Rather than having consequences in story, like I've gone the evil path or the good path, it's consequences in mechanics. Like if you mess up, you've got to live with your mistakes. And if someone invades you, you've got to live with that too. And sure, you can run away. But if you run away, you've lost that time slot of that day. And then you've got to fast forward to that time slot again the next day to get to where you were. So there's you've got something to lose all the time. And I think that's key. And what makes it so terrifying when someone does invade your game. Yeah. Dave, you have been playing as well. Have you had a chance to finish the game? No. That was the wrong question to ask. Ask me a different <laughs> one. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah, I like it a lot. You know what? I have thoughts. I have deep thoughts. Um, so, uh, as you've mentioned, as both of you mentioned, like the main story doesn't really rely on too much of your own intuition. There's like most of the objectives are marked. 
you kind of walk here, interact with this, take a few screenshots, get the code from here. You, you can follow the steps as long as you're vigilant and looking out for like notes and stuff. You're not going to go too far wrong. The game's going to lead you by the hand for the most part. And the only places where it really starts opening up is in the side objectives. Uh, for example, like the delivery guy booths and, and uh, the crank wheels. And there are, there are dozens of smaller items that you can earn in levels through doing a variety of objectives. And those will require a bit more forethought in how the loops work, you know? Uh, I do appreciate that. I mean, like, hell, I'm going to be the Nintendo guy here. It's a bit like, you know, Zelda Majora's Mask. You don't really need to focus too much on the time aspect to complete the campaign. But if you want to get all of the masks and complete your side quest, you're really going to have to double down and focus on it. But in addition to that, this is one of the first arcane games that I've actually got along with. And a big reason for that is the fact that I'm playing some of the areas multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever I'm playing stealth games especially, I kind of feel overwhelmed and I don't like how I feel like I'm messing up all the time or I find out later that there was a better approach I could have took. Um, if you've ever like uh, looked at a guide for a game after you finished it and then you're just like, oh wow, that's a lot of things I didn't do, I had no idea was even there. I feel that way a lot with uh, games like this. But then mm -hmm. when you go death loop, you're actually revisiting a lot of the areas multiple times and you're uh, killing a lot of the uh, visionaries multiple times and as a result you're given the opportunity to if you completely mess up the first time you can perfect it the second or the third and you can as we say we move towards this golden loop but even smaller loops where you're doing these individual visionaries uh, they add up so much because if, if you do get that feeling of uh, perfecting the stealth and perfecting the route and I've always loved how these games have so many alternate approaches but if you're playing the campaign once you'll so rarely see any of them in Deathloop you can see all of them Mm -hmm. uh, I really appreciate that. I think that's really good, and I feel like that's a big reason why I'm enjoying Deathloop more than I have other arcane games. I've actually got a perfect example of what you just mentioned there. I don't know if you did the same, but when you go for Rambling Frank in the Class Pass area, the first time I went, I followed the waypoint, and it takes you straight to the Class Pass door, and you put your mm -hmm. arm in a machine. It strips your powers from you, and then you go inside, and you've got to basically stealth through this building and it's hard because you've got no powers. You can't like teleport anywhere. And then on the way out, I end up killing everyone. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and on the way out, I like accidentally dropped down this place. And then I emerged underneath the building, underneath the bar outside and found this whole other entrance. So the yeah. next time I went back, I snuck in there and did it that way. And also now when I invade a player who's doing that mission, I sneak in through the secret way and wait for them inside place all the turrets facing the door where they're going to come in through. <laughs> and they've got no powers, and I've got all the powers, and it just feels brilliantly evil. Yeah, there's that, there's also a window you can open to the right of the main class pass door. Yeah, so if you use like, your hack magic. Yeah, yeah, so exactly, yeah. that's exactly the point, you know? You can just so many approaches to every area, and usually, if you're playing these games once, you'll see one. And uh, mm -hmm. with this, you will probably see all of them if you play it through, which is great. I think of all Arcane's games... Uh, Deathloop probably has the coolest or at least the most interesting side missions. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is all of the find the code for the safe and go open the safe is baked into the critical path of the game. Uh, that's mostly what the story mode is, is mm -hmm. go somewhere, get a code, take it somewhere else, open a safe. There's a code in that safe take that somewhere else so since that's what the main game is all of the side missions and optional 
things that you can do are a, a lot more complicated and interesting. Um, through you, you can set things up at one time period it, and you can do something in the morning that affects that location or a different location uh, in, in the, in the afternoon, in the evening. And obviously that's a big part of like wrangling these visionaries, but it, it's also a really cool way that they've set up some of the like, uh, weapons and abilities that you can, uh, find. Um, and they're not easy to find by any stretch. One of my favorite ones is, um, this rocket that if you visit the, uh, the up dam, district in the morning you'll see like a piece of a rocket and if you come back at noon you'll see it start to get assembled and if you come back in the afternoon this rocket is built and if you sneak up on it there's uh, a couple guys uh messing with it kind of looking around it and eventually one of them will hit the button and another guy will launch out of the rocket but if you loop again and you kill those guys before the rocket goes off and you sneak up to the rocket, the guy inside the rocket will start having like a panic attack that he's stuck in the rocket and can't get out and no one will launch him. So you can listen to that for a while. But then if you launch him yourself, he'll fly off and land in another district and you can go there at night and collect a reward from his body that landed on the roof of a building somewhere. You've just blown my mind. Uh, I've not seen that either. Yeah, well, you guys were just talking about the the uh, past thing, and I had no idea what that was. I've never seen that. So, I yeah, and I've been writing guides for it, so I've been looking for a lot of stuff, and there's still so much that I well, haven't That haven't class found. pass thing, for one of the side things, you've got to take the class pass thing and then go with no powers to another district to get through another class pass door. I thought mm, so. Yeah. I haven't me, and, found uh, me and Eric actually have a Google Doc, and you know, I actually like wrote that as a reply to him in the Google Doc earlier. <laughs> like, have, you, have, you, have you solved this yet? I think it might be. Yeah. What about the uh, chest in Updam underneath the mansion? Have you figured that out yet? The safe? Because I have no idea. There's like a map next to it, and it's. I've just. I remember yeah. seeing the, it. The map leads to single digit codes spread all around Updam. And I haven't found them all yet, but they're painted on walls all around the city. Oh my god! It's okay. it's a really tough one. Yeah, there's a lot. We'll there's a lot of really really tough ones like that. And when I was, I I kind of was like mainlining the story to get through it, and I was a little bit disappointed that I it felt like the this idea of doing something at at one time that affects the game later on. It felt really underused. There's like a story beat really early on where you have to get into this building but if you go too late the building blows up so you have to go like earlier in the day uh -huh. and and uh fix something so that it won't blow up later when you come back and then that's not really used that much in the story and i keep saying story but i just mean like on along the critical right. path um that like idea isn't used that much but once you start like digging into all all of the secrets around the world there's a lot of that kind of stuff, which is a, it's really impressive and it's a really fun way to like keep engaging with the game because it does, you know, because of the multiplayer, because um, we haven't really talked about this yet, but Juliana has totally her own progression path and like rankings and skills don't lack and stuff. And the game's meant to be played long after you, you stop and it. And it feels like there's plenty of incentive to do that. Guns feel nice, don't they? 
Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, gunplay feels great, right? And and similar to other arcane games, but a lot more, I don't know, evolved? Faster? Punchier? Yeah, I'd say so. I think I prefer them even to like Wolfenstein Youngblood's mm-hmm. guns. Because those enemies in that game are too like spongy for them to be enjoyable, I find. Whereas in this, you can just like pop, 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 headshot, headshot, headshot. And they don't resort to like those tanky enemies with whether all of a sudden the enemies have got helmets or whatever to give that inflated difficulty. It's just, it's about the design of the levels and how you can get trapped in a choke point or whatever. That's what gives it the difficulty when you get in a firefight. It's not about just like throwing more at you. Yeah. And you have uh, these, you have abilities called slabs that can help a lot in combat too. You have some that can help you if you want to play more stealth, like ones that turn invisible or zip around. And then you have combat slabs too that you can use to throw enemies around or give you extra armor. Um, so it feels like the powers that are available uh, can complement your playstyle really well. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a limitation at first as well, only being able to carry two with you. But when you look at more, because you always want shift, don't you? Right. Like there's never a time I don't want shift. So <laughs> so shift's always there. And then it's like shift and one more thing. But when you look at the multiplayer, right? I was thinking, why has Juliana got Nexus? Because Nexus is a power, if you don't know, that links people mm-hmm. together, right? And then you can shoot one in the head. And can you them. link Cole to an Eternalist and then kill the Eternalist? Yes, you can. Okay. Yes, you can. And you can link Colt to an Eternalist he's fighting and say, stop yeah. punching yourself. Oh, wow. Because he's going to just do damage on himself while he's killing them. And that's that's the genius of it. Like A lot of the stuff isn't obvious mm. up front, but you can. it does work both ways. And just to make it so that all these powers work across multiplayer and single player is like mind-bogglingly complex. And the same goes for the maps, you know, because these aren't just a campaign map. They're also a deathmatch map. Right. Like, that's, it's, it just blows my mind how they've even put it together, to be honest. Juliana has a unique ability called Masquerade, um, and she can use Mm -hmm. that to look like an NPC, which adds a really fun wrinkle when they're hunting, because you're looking for her but you're looking for anyone it's kind of like a spy party a little bit because you're looking for anyone that moves like a player or acts like a player rather than an npc i do wish that you had like emotes so you could do npc idle animations or something you know and then you could really blend in but if you get that masquerade going in the wenji hideout where there's like 20 wenjis and you're just another wenji among Mm. the wenjis it really confuses That's people. Really clever, yeah. I got a kill like that yesterday. I invaded a friend's game and he's, he messaged me on Twitter saying, you son of a bitch or something. And then he's like, where were you? Were you behind me? And I, I was just in front of him, but I was just one of many Wenjis that were shooting at him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dave talked about the safe scumming thing a little bit. And that's, that's honestly what I appreciate the most about Deathloop. Um, when I play Dishonored, um, it feels to me that like you can either play that game completely stealth or kill everyone. And there's no in between. And I know that's not true. You can kill some people and not kill other people, but because of the, what is it called? The chaos system. Be- mm-hmm. and, and the way yeah. that at the end of each mission, you get a check mark next to 
if you didn't kill anyone or um, if you never were spotted, it makes me feel it gives me an ex- an anxiety as a player that that's there's a correct way to play the game. And if you want the good ending, then you have to do it. Uh, you have to play the game a certain way. So as much as I like enjoy playing the game again and playing the other way, the fact that Deathloop never made me feel like I was like there was a correct way to play it and I could get spotted and kill everyone and that was still fun and I never felt bad or like I was playing the game bad. I think that's what I like the most about Deathloop. I think that's smart as well because of the time loop conceit the morality is out of the question because these people respawn like you can kill everyone as much as you want you can be as much of a bastard as you like and there's no moral quandary there because they're just going to come back tomorrow yeah well and they make it very clear even if that wasn't the case all of these people are vicious bastards and they deserve to die (laughs) so you shouldn't feel bad either way um that's something they really drive home the the thing i guess uh if if I had to complain about the game, I think that the, I I think that the story is pretty thin. Um, I, I people, a lot of people have told me like, don't give me any spoilers. And to be honest, you couldn't, there's not much to spoil. Cause there's, I mean, if you get that it's a death loop and you got to kill these eight people to escape, then you pretty much get the whole thing. There is a re- midpoint reveal that I think falls pretty flat. I think everyone saw it coming is the problem with with the reveal. Yeah, you you find out something about Colt and Juliana about halfway through and for me it didn't really do anything for for me. I mean, I didn't find it a a meaningful plot point. And then when you kill all the visionaries and break the loop, you just break the loop and then the credits roll. That's that's pretty much it. I don't think you get in this for the story. Though. Right. You know, I've, and the moment to moment, like dialogue makes up for it because it's so snappy and funny and every little, even the NPC stuff, like there's a bit where Alexis just starts singing a song to himself and then he says, make those tits slap. And I, every time I hear it, I can't help but piss myself. But there's so much of that like yeah. personality in there. Yeah. It's got a ton of personality and you start off every single loop. Well, every single part of the day uh with a com- with a short conversation between Colton and Juliana and those are really charming and engaging. Have you extinguished that yet? Yes, I was about to say at a certain point <laughs> Juliana will say I've got nothing left to say to you. And then she'll just stop calling you and I kind of <laughs> got bummed out. <laughs> it's kind of weird when she stops talking to you. I, I honestly kind of wish they didn't do that. I'd rather hear them loop. Yeah, I would have rather them, them, heard them loop. But I just couldn't get yeah. that fucking shit out then. Um, that, that's, <laughs> that swear was just uh, me giving Eric impetus to cut that whole bit. Uh, but on the, on the subject of the story, I, I'll agree that like the, the, the primary plot isn't exactly engaging. Um, but then I, when I think to like some of the, some of the games that I've really enjoyed this year, first one that comes to mind is like Resident Evil 8. The story itself isn't very good, but the characters are what make it. Mm. And just as you said, Colt and Juliana yeah. are amazing here. But in addition to that, I feel like you do get to know the visionaries pretty well, even if you're not directly conversing with them, if they're not talking to you, but you're looking through pretty much all of their messages to one another, all of their notes, you're hearing their voice lines on the recording device things that you'll find. 
there are so many yeah. of those. And just as with uh, Juliana and Colt, I think they're all incredibly well written. And I think the personalities really come across really, really well. And because I'm going to so many of these areas so frequently and sort of replaying things and re-listing things in certain cases, I feel like I got like a really good idea of who these characters were. So what I would argue is that that counts as story, not main plot, mm-hmm. but it counts as story. And also it is delivered in a way which complements Deathloop's gameplay mechanics, which is revisiting these areas and looking at all these things over and over again. Uh, I feel like in uh, any other game, I wouldn't remember anything about the visionaries, but because mm-hmm. of revisiting them, redefeating them, I really do. You know, that's a good point. Like I've played all the Hitman games more than once, and I couldn't tell you a single target's mm-hmm. name. I couldn't. Yeah, I can remember like the context yeah. of some of them, but I can't. Absolutely, name. I could probably reel off. Like half of the vision. Yeah, like we can we can talk about Frank and we can talk about Alexis and the party and we can talk about Wenji, as you said. We can just list off Mm -hmm. these people and how like distinct they are and uh, where you find them, how you fight them. It's good stuff. Yeah, and it's something else I've come to appreciate a lot more as I've continued to play past the story, because um, you know, even though it's very guided in the sense that you always know where to go next and what clue you're looking for. The one thing that you have a lot of choice about as you're working your way through the campaign is that you can pursue any of the targets in any order you want. And because each of their like quest line takes you through all four of the different parts of the island at different times of day, there's a lot of opportunity to um, pursue one target in the morning, take that quest a step further, and now it's noon and you're going to focus on a different target because you have something you can do at noon somewhere else. And so you can work your way through the four parts of the day and make incremental progress on lots of different targets. So when I was doing that, I had a lot of fun of like being as efficient as I could through the day. It was, it was really fun to be like, okay, I check that off the list in the morning. I'll come back to Wenji. Now it's noon. Now I'm going to focus on this Alexis thing. But that kind of hurt my understanding of the characters because I was jumping between all eight of them so much. Um, as I've spent more time, like, um, you know, killing the same target over and over to get their slabs or whatever, or doing side quests and stuff, I feel like I've gotten to know the characters even better. And the more I keep playing, the more, you know, lore I find and the more I get to know them, uh, which is really cool. Did 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 you guys sort of take it one target at a time until you finished, or did no. you jump back and forth throughout the day? I personally just followed leads. Mm-hmm. Like that. I just clicked on a lead that sounded interesting and followed mm-hmm. that until I got to a point where I just had one left, and it was the golden loop. Did you finish all the leads before the golden loop? Yeah. Okay, Dave. Not not the like Arsenal leads. Right. Shit, right. Right. And Dave, you haven't quite got that. No, I haven't got to the golden loop yet. Um, I have, whenever I select level, I look at whatever I have the most leads for, and that's not necessarily like the, the main leads. I'm looking at a lot of like side stuff. So that's yeah. that my primary objective is to see as much as possible right now. Um, I could have probably, I could have probably done it by now because, you know, I'm a pro gamer, but 
<laughs> so, so what you're saying, Dave, is you're still ripe for being invaded by yeah. me. Yeah, I was, I was, I was <laughs> on the lookout for people last night. It went so badly for me. I, I don't want to. Here's something. My last invasion last night. It officially made me realize that this game needs some way for me to find people because the, he hid, he hid the cult hid just somewhere in the level, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hide too. So I went into a corner, put YouTube on. Watch the YouTube videos for like 30 minutes, went back, and I'm still there in the corner. He hasn't done anything. I. <laughs> I That's good. Like, I, I, mentioned I mentioned it in my review. Like, at that point, for you, maybe you're bored, right? Because you're the hunter. But for the cult player, they're just <laughs> shitting their pants, like, imagining what you're doing. Yeah. And you're watching YouTube, and the game's in yeah. their head at that point. <laughs> I think there's something kind of cool it's... about that. So anytime you, you anytime you get invaded by Juliana, you even if you kill her, you can't leave until you hack uh, a satellite. All, all the yeah. doors are locked uh, to the exits. So what you would imagine then is that a lot of those fights go down around the satellites, and the and often the Juliana players will just sort of. Uh, camp the satellite because they know you're going to go there eventually. It's sort of a fail safe if you can't find each other. Um, but as a secret hunter and also somebody who's working on guides, I often found myself deep in these maps in strange places for long stretches of time, taking screenshots and looking for codes or and whatnot. And I've been invaded by Juliana's and I swear I spent 20 minutes not seeing her and they just i don't know they just were looking for me or maybe they were watching youtube maybe it was dave the whole time those are bad juliana players though because one of the best tactics is to just ignore the antenna right because most people realize that if they just hack the antenna and leave they've wasted their own time because mm -hmm. they came to this level to do something right mm -hmm. so you're better off camping somewhere near the target like on the way to the target in a choke point like so for example um charlie is at that like uh, LARP kind of thing across the bridge. Yeah. You can just sit on the other end of that bridge, like put mines on the bridge and just sit over there with a sniper rifle ready for them to come over. Um, there's loads of little choke points like that. Still not as good as Prey, though. It is. It's better than Prey. <laughs> Kirk says best arcane game yet. Uh, no, it's not. No? Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2 is still better. That's only just, like, it only just edges it. But yeah, I, I think, I don't know, man, there's something really special about that game to me. Uh, I can't quite discern why. I do, I've played it as much as Dave's played Deathloop, to be fair. <laughs> like, I've, I've completed that game like four or five times, so I've spent a lot of time in that world. Mm. And just every time I go back, I find something new. That It's got that same depth as Deathloop. Yeah. It's just that most people don't see it. Uh, yeah, I, I think Deathloop is the most fun to play uh but prey is still the most meaningful arcane game to me um i think i i just i love the the world building the storytelling and i think prey has like actually something to say whereas death loop really does not it's just a very fun video game and dave what's you go ahead and rank the arcanes for us death loop at the top I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> and then, um, what did what did Kirk say? Dishonored two. Yeah. Pray. Have you even played those? Dishonored one. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
I, uh, I got other games to play for my games job. Yeah, but Deathloop yeah. is good, right? So you might like these. Can I write good. some guides for them? Oh. No. They're on Game uh, well, Pass, okay. that is That is convincing. The reviews have been incredible. I mean, it's easily the best reviewed arcane game. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's going to be an easy contender for, for game of the year for people that always just pick AAA games anyway. Um, That's me. Yeah, it's definitely the best <laughs> AAA game of the year. I guess maybe Ratchet is up there, but yeah. um, it you know it doesn't have a ton of competition, but still, I think we can definitely expect to see this one. Definitely nominated and possibly winning uh, a lot of game of the year awards this year. So. I was about to one up you then and say it's the best game of the new gen, but that's that basically might as well be the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I loved in the PlayStation showcase last week when they kept showing a montage of PS5 games and it was just Returnal and Ratchet. It was just a montage of two games and they showed it like three times. Miles was good as well, but I guess that's on PS4 too. Yeah, and, uh, Demon Souls was great too. I, I think it's got more than Xbox at the minute, but I find myself playing Xbox more because. I've got Game Pass, mm-hmm. and you, you just kind of dip in and out of things. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The best PS5 exclusive until Horizon, I guess. <laughs> Great. That's Deathloop. It's out now on PC and PS5. You can find Kirk's full review uh, linked in the description. And we'll be right back with NBA 2K22, Skatebird, and Lost Gen. Welcome back for our review roundup this week. Uh, one of my favorite things about this show is that we have such a big group of editors with different expertise and experiences. But one of the things that we haven't had a chance to cover so far is sports. Uh, and so this week we've brought two sports titles for our review roundup. The first game we're going to be covering is NBA 2K22, the newest NBA game. And it's all about dunking that ball, making sweet dunks. <laughs> Stacy, please take over. Um, yeah, basically, it's it's a basketball sim. Um, a pretty realistic one when it wants to be. Um, I think of all the sports sims out there, like FIFA and, and Madden and MLB The Show, NBA 2K is probably the best at actually being the sport that it is. You know, basketball mm. typically is very high scoring, very fast, so it lends itself to a video game more than, say, cricket. Um, is there the a problem, cricket video game? There is. It's called Cricket Simple. 19. Joe Root's on the cover. It's quite good if you like cricket, which no one does. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's... When you're actually playing basketball in the game, it's great. And that sounds like a silly thing to say, but you actually aren't playing basketball in the game all that much. Okay. Like, there's a My Player mode, which is like career mode. Like, you start as a young player and make your way to the NBA. But you're an influencer, and you have to wander around this made-up town, which is just full of adverts, just crammed to the rafters with adverts for... Is this real? Are you being serious? 100% really, oh, yeah. you skateboard around town, you're an influencer, you do raps about Spongebob if you want to. Um, what? 
you go to you go to um State Farm, their shop, and you meet Jake from State Farm because like a good neighbor, State Farm's <laughs> always there. Um, you can talk about New Balance. You can talk about Mobile Oil if you want to. Um, and it, occasionally you play some basketball. Not very I don't often, believe but. a word you're saying. It's 100% true. And when you okay. actually play the game, it stops and it goes like, oh, that dunk was sponsored by Nike. Right? No. Okay. This is all real. Okay, I'm sorry. We got to back up. <laughs> but is it realistic in how many ads it has? <laughs> is, is it authentic in how much bullshit is in the, in the game? Uh, Basketball, because basketball is so fast, it has a lot of adverts when you watch it on TV. Yeah. Obviously, I watch it in England, where it's slightly different than America, where everything is. And there's a lot more ad breaks in America in general. But yeah, basketball is full of ads anyway. So it's pretty realistic to what the NBA is like in, in 2021, because <laughs> it's just adverts everywhere. I remember a few years ago, it might have been NBA 2K20. I went to see it at a preview event, and they previewed the town aspect of it which i assume is the place filled with the ads because it's yeah. still like quite dead like quite artificial in terms of like the people walking around and the atmosphere because i remember a couple of years back it very much felt like the foundations of an idea yeah they've got like the city on playstation 5 which i played on is quite well realized like it's still pretty mm. dead and soulless it's just like you know a shop for state farm next to the adidas shop and then some courts where you can do some random online play with people who don't really know what they're doing. Um, but on PS4, it's much more. I think PS4 this is on a cruise ship. What? So it's different? Yeah, the, the, the PS5 and Xbox Series X version um, is like the next-gen, more advanced version, whereas they can't, oh. for whatever reason, they can't have that on PC, C, um, Xbox One, and PS4. So they were on a ship, which is obviously smaller. Presumably still has as many adverts, and I've never not played that version, no idea what's in it, but I assume a lot of adverts for State Farm and, and, and the like. They lose the ball if they throw it over, though. That's the thing. I don't know what happens with the ball. Oh, and <laughs> one more thing with the sponsorships, because this is the stupidest one. The players don't get tired. Like, in normal games, they lose stamina. Mm. Um, they are short on Gatorade. They need mm. their Gatorade meter drops. They need to go and drink some Gatorade. <laughs> Before they can play again. Incredible. Sorry, lads. I need my state sponsor. I need like my official sponsored beverage before I can play more, <laughs> do more sick dogs. It's so strange. It's, it's it's actually a great game when you play the basketball, but you don't play that very often. So wait, okay. ha have the two K NBA games always had this influencer overworld thing? It hasn't always been an influence, and no, okay. um, the influence I think is new for this year. They've had like my player on, um, um, yeah, my player. For a couple of years now, I can't remember when the first one was, they've slowly expanded the idea of a city in an open world. Uh -huh. But in the idea of taking a, a you know a kid from the uh, from college um, or from you know an outsider from Norway and taking them to the big leagues that kind of exists in every game. You know, Madden has a mode like that, FIFA has a mode like that. That's pretty standard for a sports game. Mm -hmm. The uh, the weird thing with NBA is that they're trying to make a story around it, but it's nowhere near as written as the the journey in, in FIFA. That was like a pre-written story where you experienced the, the cutscenes, but you didn't really have control over it. You just were this Alex Hunter kid. In um in NBA, you just kinda do what 
what you want. You can wander around town. You can like go to the gym and you can go and work on your beats. Skate. You can skateboard and do skateboard tricks. Not very many. Not very good ones, but you can. Um, and of course, you can pay real money into the game and your player gets better. That's that's right. the best bit. Are you getting like RPG stat increases doing the influencer stuff? There What's are, the point of doing it? There are. You start with. You make your player and you make like the best version of them they can be. So you make them like 99 rated. <clears throat> you make them 99 rated with, um, you know, what kind of position you, you want them in. And then you start off on like 53 rated, I think it is, and you work up to that. But you've already decided what your potential is. You've already decided, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to play. Um, I think mine's a post playmaker. Um, so you choose a position and a style and a type of player you want to be. And then you get various points that you can use for like badges, which are skills, or for the stats, or you can like transfer the points over to a different mode where you collect fake cards and make a dream team. Um, okay. The short answer is yes, but the long answer is we don't really want you to do that. We want you to put real money into the game. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is a, a a plague on all sports titles. Yes, all sports titles. The most annoying thing with NBA is in FIFA and in Madden, they, it's in one mode. So if you want to play that mode, you pay, and if you don't, you don't. Whereas in NBA, it goes across at least two pretty heavily. Okay. Um, so you can't redo the My Team, which is the ultimate team, the, the fake cards, make a team thing. But you also can't really do the career mode with the influencer. You can't really do either of them effectively without either really? doing one and being terrible at it, but taking the coins from it. And what are you buying? Like you know, like V Bucks, but for NBA yeah. VC. But is it? It's not like costumes and stuff. It's actually like make make you good at basketball. The, the, yeah, the, the, there's like full stat boosts. You you can use the points obviously, to go to the State Farm store and buy, yeah. like, some swag. <laughs> you can buy some trainers with, uh, with State Farm. And, and they make you run faster on the court? I actually don't think they do, no. Let's make a little bit of Okay. <laughs> it was the same with WWE. I think they had a similar currency system, where it, it wasn't confined to a singular mode. You could just mm. buy random currency, and you could use it to upgrade your career create a red yeah. score just and that's 2k as well yeah it, it, yeah like it very much feels like a 2k thing with their annual releases but with wwe being pushed back because the last well the last like 10 games have been complete dog shit so we'll see where that <laughs> what, what happens there why why play the new why play the 2022 version of this game is it just because the rosters are most updated um if you, look, if you like the career mode thing, that has had a significant upgrade. It was like the it wasn't like this at all on PS4. It was um, or Xbox One. Mm -hmm. It was a very narrow version of it. Like the city wasn't as expansive. You couldn't really wander around it very well. Um, it's a different story, you know. And and that was it's. I mean, you're still a kid who goes from nowhere to the NBA. Um, but it is different. It wasn't an influencer angle last time. You're like a kid in college and. Um, I can't. I'm not going to say this properly, but Dijon Hansu was like your coach in the last one. He like coached you. Um, okay. He's not in this one, or I haven't played through far enough to meet him. So it's just a bit odd. It's just a bit odd. If you like the career mode, it's mm -hmm. a new game. If you don't, 
yeah, the roster update and the style updates, but I think a lot of people play with the classic teams anyway. You know, like I tend to play with the 95 Bulls and they've still got Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen. That's still the team mm-hmm. 95 that hasn't changed. Hell yeah. Um, now you're speaking my language. Space Jam. Space Jam pros. <laughs> the Space Jam man and some <laughs> other people. Yeah. Um, man, I hate to harp on the microtransaction thing, but <laughs> is is it also the case that you buy this game every year, you dump a bunch of money onto it, and then you get nothing to carry over to the next year? Um, uh, the short answer again is yes. The longer okay. answer is I think if you've been like, if you've played the previous version, I think you get a free pack or a free something. Okay. Like if you transfer stuff over, you, you you do get like a minor benefit, but that's not dependent on how much coins you've sank into it, how much you paid, or how many hours you played. It's just does the system have the previous version, like a save file for it? Okay, here's some money. Yeah. Uh, I I want to talk about sports games. Obvi- obviously, I want to talk about all games. It seems to me that people that play NBA all just they just always play NBA. Like we, you don't got to sell them on NBA. Mm. Like they're going to be there for it. Yeah. It's like FIFA or Madden. Like there are, there are, there are millions of people who will pick up this game every year, regardless of all the bullshit. Yeah. But does yeah. that mean that the bullshit just keeps getting worse? I would say with my experience in sports games that NBA has the loudest critics. Uh huh. Don't we really know if that changed anything? Like they've changed the, <laughs> change the the story mode like people complain about the shooting last year so about the actual game people complain about the shooting last year that's different so that changed okay um but like you know people most people are like me they don't really care about this right about spongebob wear a state farm hat stuff and yet they keep adding it in so no that's that's (laughs) maybe that's to get people like me playing because now we're talking about State Farm rap about SpongeBob. Eric loves, and I'm listening. That's how they got you in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can you swing, sing "Sweet Victory" at halftime or something? <laughs> it's a SpongeBob joke. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, great. Perfect. Recommended then. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. What score did you give it? I I gave it a a three out of five because I Fair. I think it is the best. Only for me, only NBA, 2K, and FIFA are like understand their sport well enough to be the peak representation of what that sport is going to be in mm-hmm. a video game. Um, and I think NBA is probably better on the court than FIFA is on the pitch. But FIFA, other than you know, Ultimate Team and its money, and when that comes out, I'll probably have some stuff to say about that as well. But FIFA, very seriously, is a football or a soccer game. Um, NBA just doesn't soccer. feel like it's a basketball game. Yeah, it it's doesn't sound like a basketball game. No, it has basketball in it, and the basketball in it is great, but it's not enough yeah. of it. it. Sounds like a Logan Paul simulator, but he likes basketball. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that was this. Uh, this was a very surprising conversation for me. I didn't expect <laughs> that we would have two skateboard games today. but uh we have sam watanuki here to talk about skateboard how you doing sam i'm great thank you for having me by the way i'm listener first time uh first time caller oh wow thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) 
right, have you played NBA 2K also? I have not jumped into it yet. Um, yeah, I'm very much in the camp of if it's a if it's a Madden, if it's a 2K, I'm probably just gonna play it despite my grievances. Like mm-hmm. all Madden, I want to throw my uh, controller against the wall constantly with that. Um, with that, yeah, game. I've seen you nothing, stream. Yeah, nothing ever gets fixed. But uh, here, here I am playing yet another yearly release. Can't help it. Nope. Okay. Uh, Skatebird is a game that I've heard about for, I feel like, 15 years. <laughs> it's shown up at every conference, every convention. It's like it had such a huge push. And as far as I know, it's a game about a bird that rides a skateboard. Skate, a skateboard. It's about a skateboard. Yes? That, that's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, okay. it really doesn't need much more of a description than that. Right. Um, you know, if you've played tony hawk then you've basically played skatebird um, does the bird get more air than the bird man he has a he has a double jump because you know he has wings and he floats down to the uh to the ground a little uh-huh. slower than you know a typical human skateboarder might okay. um, <laughs> so it's yeah, just that, one bird pretty much yeah you you customize your bird, bird. whose okay. who's name is burb so, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. It's a, it's a very silly game, um, very silly premise. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, it, it it pulls from basically every trope, skateboarding trope in the book. Um, you skate around this, you know, semi-open world level. Um, it's 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 a condensed level. You know, you have this this bird skateboarding around a bedroom using ramps made from you know empty pizza boxes or grinding on straws or staplers in an office building. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it has a lot of those same, I guess, open world elements of these levels, but, um, but uh, it's like toy know, story miniature version. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I, in my review, I actually compared it to um, like the Rugrats game in search of reptar mixed oh, with, yeah grind session both from the uh, ps1 era (laughs) so you've played every skateboard game ever made i think (laughs) i you know i I think i have um i'm i'm no expert in in the genre but i i think i know what works and what doesn't um and you know to be honest i i debated whether or not i was coming on the podcast today um i was talking with eric about this last night because i was playing the nintendo switch version of the game just because that's kind of the one that i feel has been shown off at all these you know industry events all these showcases um so i was like okay that must be you know the way to play it boy was i wrong um i wanted to huck that nintendo switch out my window onto the street um because it was just so you know there, was, there were typewriter issues, you know, getting caught in between walls, um, respawning and falling immediately just because of the response space. Um, I'm, it's no secret that I'm a major hater on the Joy-Con controllers, and I just feel yeah. like it's not conducive for a skateboarding game um, in general. Um, but then, you know, I had, I had an epiphany where I'm like, well, maybe I should try this on, on the PC. Um, you know, using a DualShock controller. And it was a far better experience than on the Nintendo Switch uh, okay. in terms of, of control pre- uh, precision um, and, you know, visuals, obviously. 
Um, it, was, it was just a better game on PC. I know this is sort of uh, a lighter, uh, smaller skateboard game compared to you know games like Tony Hawk and Skate and stuff, but how does it feel compared to the other skate games? It's a game that really knows what it is. Um, it knows that it, I think it started as a joke, um, but then you know ultimately went through as a, most games do <laughs> went through a successful Kickstarter campaign. Um, so you know had the support of the community. Um, it's definitely silly in nature, um, and I, I think it works in that regard. Um, like I gave it a three on PC, um, and I think that if you're buying it on the Nintendo Switch. Um, you're probably going to enjoy it because you're probably buying it for, you know, a younger player or, you know, the Switch is kind of your primary device. Um, but I would definitely recommend it more on PC. Okay. Uh, does it have multiplayer? Uh, it does not. Gotcha. And how long would you say it is? Um, you know, if you're going through exploring all the levels, like, it's really... Um, there's a real... It drives home the exploration component of, you know, most skateboarding games. You know, it has, like, mixtapes, unlockables, mm -hmm. cosmetics, that sort of thing. How's um, the so music? It's, it's great. It's really? It's the best part of the game. Um, really? You know, it's, it's an all-original soundtrack um, with a couple of licensed um, musicians, I think just kind of from, like, SoundCloud and stuff, uh -huh. um, or licensed songs from those mus musicians. And, uh, like, it brings back a bunch of ska, um, which yeah. I was all about. Um, you know, I think we're in a in a revitalization of a, you know another golden era of skateboarding games within this past year. For sure. Um, yeah. So I think that if that's the case, then Scott absolutely has to come roaring back as well. <laughs> Preach. Yeah, the Kickstarter says an original lo-fi bird hop soundtrack, or that's drop it. in your own MP3s. Yeah, it's it's really cool. the The music is great. Okay. Um, yeah. Play it on PC though. Yeah. That's the way to go. All right. It's a, it's a Game Pass game as well. Do you know you love that? Right. So. Oh, Game Pass. Okay. So it <laughs> gets an extra is, point. They, they could have called it Tony Hawk and not changed anything. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's got a bird now. <laughs> For a game that started off as a joke, it feels like a game that you can get the gist of it in about 10 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still cute. Probably kids will like it. Yeah, it's a great entry point into the skateboarding genre. Nice. Okay, well, with that, back to our regularly scheduled Japanese RPG conversations. <laughs> <laughs> our Lost Judgment reviewer, Meg Policio, is here. Meg, hello. Hello. You have been playing Lost Judgment, I assume, for the last 80 hours? <laughs> yeah, I'm still playing it, really. All right. Uh, this is a sequel to Judgment. Yep. Uh, and how does it compare? Uh, I think it's like a massive improvement on the first one. Like, oh, don't okay. get me wrong. I loved the original because I'm a, a sucker for anything that's to do with the Yakuza franchise. But, um, like, as I'm sure Jade will agree, there were, like, painful bits about the first one where they mm. tried to, like, because you're a detective, they tried to make it a little bit different. And you're like... Um, there's like observation modes and bits where you tail people and it was just a bit clunky and you you dreaded those bits of the game, basically. Yeah. Like they were the horrible. first one had some teething issues and it feels like with the sequel, they've gone back and re-examined those and 
kind of just made them more fun to play and like they belong in that universe way more than they did in the first game yeah the first one one of the one of the things that i hated in the first game was you had like a big keychain which you put every key that you collected on (laughs) and every time you got to a door even if you'd been through it before you had to be like right which key did i use and like go through your keys (laughs) okay so give me give me the overview of what the game is about and what the gameplay is like um so this one is another i mean it's a thriller game so it's like another murder mystery um the kind of general plot is there is a man who's just been prosecuted for groping a lady on a train and then at this there's like footage of that so he's obviously you know they they found him guilty and then they find out that he could have committed murder at the exact same time and eventually footage comes out of that so then you know it's this whole where was he really because he can't be in two places at the same time and what it's third person open world yeah sorry it's third person rpg so um it expands on the first game because obviously most um most of the yakuza games and judgment included it's set in kamarocho whereas this one i'm probably going to get the pronunciation wrong jade might correct me but you get yoko hammer as well is yeah, right? you, you got it. Yokohama. <laughs> you got it. You got Which it. Which is um this where uh Yakuza like a dragon added, so uh what's the t- I haven't played the first one, but is the tone sort of like campy like pseudo fifty one or is it play it more straight? It it's not pseudo fifty one level. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, how, ma- how many yeah. games go that to that level? Oh god. Um there is like a balance of like really serious emotional like amazing storyline bits to like really quirky like comedy bits mm-hmm. which like they do throughout that like all those games like the yakuza games and judgment um which i really like but they manage to balance it well it doesn't make it doesn't like make the emotional side of it like worse um by like you know undermining it or anything it's it's quite well balanced it sounds like it's really character driven would you say oh yeah definitely okay um <laughs> there's um <laughs> lots of returning characters from the first one which is great and i feel like in this one they shine a little bit more because they don't just feel like they're there to make the main character look good this time around mm. was there some kind of controversy with this one about the the lead actor in his talent agency i'm feel like I've yeah it, well it's more to do with judgment really um obviously in the last year or so they're they've been bringing the yakuza games to, to other formats and pc especially and um johnny and associates who is um I, I'm, uh, I'm gonna say his name wrong takuya kimura's jade help me oh the, the lead actor yeah <laughs> I, mean, I know like, it, I just can't say oh, it. Yeah. Takuya Kimura. <laughs> there you go. His talent agency don't want it to go to PC um, because they they want to protect like their assets and it's it's probably like they don't want people making mods of him where he's nude, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> They're really... Um, like, to be protective. fair to them, that will 100% happen. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it would yeah. happen, absolutely. He is nude everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> But even until recently, they would silhouette his picture out of like 
um, images, even from their own website. So when Judgment first came out and they did like a press release event, mm-hmm. you have like the directors and everything stood there, and then you just have his silhouette just blacked out. That's and that was so their weird. Official image, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. bizarre. It was like you hadn't quite unlocked him as a character yet. What we, um, yeah. what we should point out is Meg has a really cool feature on this on the site. It's quite um, an in-depth feature that I didn't know anything about this. But that goes into kind of all the reasons for it and the history and the backstory with like research from different um, like fan groups and Japanese groups. Um, so we can drop that in the description. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, there's a really in-depth explainer of this that we have that Meg did. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm that's obsessed with this stuff. But obviously, I don't I don't know if we covered this properly in the news yet, actually, so I don't know if, I can, if we can say it, but obviously that NVIDIA link the leak thing, one of the rumoured games was Judgment. So if, it, if Judgment does come to PC, as that kind of leak suggested it would, then that would lead me to believe that the kind of controversy is dealt with and that we will get nude mods. <laughs> what, what was the GeForce thing? Was it for GeForce Now or...? It was for, um, yeah, GeForce Now. Okay, so that's they've just... Said, they've, they've said it's speculative. Gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah. That's a bespoke streaming service like Stadia. That's not exactly like coming to PC, but... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that there's, might not exist. God of War, um, the GTA remasters that haven't been announced, Halo 5. Oh, nice. The Fable reboot, Gears 6. I think Bloodborne was in there. Okay. Kingdom Hearts was in there. I think Kingdom Hearts 4 was in there, which yeah. oh my God. Kingdom Hearts 4 next. <laughs> so it was in there, but, you know. Yeah, a pinch of salt. Wow. Yeah. Well, should we put a pause on this and talk about Kingdom Hearts 4 for a while? I agree with Jade. It should be High School Musical Land, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Oh, my God. Why have you started this discourse? That's horrible. <laughs> Jade, you're playing Lost Judgment too, yeah? So yeah, I'm also playing Lost Judgment and echoing a lot of what Meg said about it. It does feel like a fundamental improvement over the first game, largely because it irons out a lot of the kinks like to do with the detective mechanics and the exploration. So it feels like a more cohesive, dramatic thriller that like, isn't tied to the criminal underworld in the way that Yakuza is. And I think... Mm. A lot of the improvements come from the fact that it uses so much of the technology that was used in Yakuza 7, like the dragon. Like A lot of the dialogue scenes reflect that and the movement. Obviously not the combat, because this is still a real-time brawler as opposed to the RPG stuff that Yakuza is now tackling. But mm-hmm. Yokohama, which is one of the central settings in this game, is pulled from Yakuza 7. Like You can explore it and all of the businesses there. And obviously... This studio is known for recycling a lot of assets and locations, but they always make them feel distinct in every new game. And that's very much the case here. Like, there's a, even from the few hours I've played, this feels like an RPG where there's so much to discover away from the main story. That's and why it, I'm still playing it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, <laughs> even yeah, after this, the storyline. This is one of those games that Meg's still grinding through all the side stuff. But yeah. The worst like, thing is trying to find all the squirrels. Like, oh my god, I just, I'm on like 39 out of 56 and it's killing me. <laughs> so, yeah, god. Collectible squirrels? It's like graffiti the and, they're, and they're hidden on like, they could be on like the back of a sign or oh, like classic. inside of a pond. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jade, you were about to tell us about your nightmares? Oh, no, the cats in the last game, they were a nightmare to find. Like, you could, you could hear a meow 
you mm. can find the little bastards. At least there weren't too many of those, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's not 57 cats in <laughs> that I can remember. But no, like, it is really cool. Like, just like Yakuza, like, it strikes that tonal balance of, like, light-hearted wackiness and, like, genuine character-driven dramatic storytelling in a way that I'm not sure a few games are able to manage because it's very hard to make the themes that Judgment, Lost Judgment explores land with the right impact while also being silly, but it manages that. Like it's just attached enough that you can you can buy everything it's doing. Nice. Um, without spoilers, Meg, is there a setup for another sequel? I mean, always because he's uh-huh. a detective. You know, I'm not going to say how it ends, but even if it it ended with everything completely tied up there's always another mystery because you know he's open for business and he takes cases that's what he does yeah yeah yeah, you're (laughs) without the dog you're always gonna there's always there's always room for another murder mystery in tokyo i'm sure and uh, we're recording on Wednesday. The embargo is on Friday when you're listening to this. Uh, so I know Meg's still working on the review right now, but have you settled on a score? Yep. So I'm giving it four and a half out of five. Where'd the half point go? So <laughs> there's a new feature in it called, um, like, uh, the, the is it like the buzz research, Jade? Have you Have you got to that bit yet? I don't think so, no. Basically, like like most games, there are side quests. In this mm-hmm. one, they're called uh, side cases. And they've done it so that you kind of have to dig around for your side cases a bit more. And to do that, you have to take to the streets and use um, like a sound device to pull keywords from conversations. Or you can get keywords from the Chatter app, which is like crap Facebook. And then you can use those keywords to to like look at people's social posts, decide if there's like trouble in the city, and then go there and see if you can get a case out of it. Huh. Yeah, it's just it's a bit it's a bit messy, and to be honest, I haven't done many of those yet because I just couldn't be bothered. So that was one one of the reasons. And then the other one is unfortunately the combat. It, um, I mean, the the combat's always been, I think, a bit of a contentious point for a lot of people in the in the Yakuza games, but it does get a bit repetitive, especially in Judgment because or Lost Judgment um, because you don't get the same like wackiness to the same level as in Yakuza games where you know you're going to get like a like in Like a Dragon you fought like a crane at some point a guy in like a, it wasn't a crane it was a wrecking ball you know thing and it was so it was a bit more inventive. But Lost Judgment is more realistic, so you are just mm. punching people and just whittling down their health bar over and over. Yeah, there's one new combat style in this one. And there it, is, Snake. It uses, it uses the two existing ones from the first game. And even I fought that in the first game. The combat in Judgment is more repetitive than it is even in the mainline Yakuza games because it it very much feels like, like in Yakuza 0, for example, like the combat in that game is so fantastic because Kiryu has so many different combat styles and upgrade chains, but it doesn't feel like Judgment has the same depth. Like, the combat's still great, don't get me wrong, but mm. it is a case of random encounters aren't don't possess the same enjoyment as they do in Yakuza games. You're very much hoping to avoid them. Like I agree, one, yeah. Once a novelty's gone, just to progress the story and the side stuff, because it's the personality and the story and 
the inventive mechanics that you come to this game for and the combat is something that strings them all together but at the same time it wouldn't be the same without the combat so it's it's a weird compromise i agree as much as like i i dislike the repetitiveness I, in a weird way i don't know if i'm just holding on to old yakuza traditions i prefer that combat to the new turn-based combat mm. just because it's then it's more like a proper yakuza game Turn it into Dark Souls. It's worked <laughs> No, no, I, I rubbish, rubbish at Dark Souls. God. <laughs> Everything's Dark Souls these days. Is it the Dark Souls of GRPGs? That's that's the real question. They've, they've made Yakuza Dead Souls. Just take the dead out and done. <laughs> I mean, this this has like a, a whole bunch of difficulty modes, like from like sim. There's like simple, easy, like normal, hard, legendary, yeah. and then there's like a, another one you unlock when you complete the game. So if you want it to be Dark Souls, it can be. <laughs> you, you, and conversely, you could just put easy on, breeze through the combat, and enjoy the story. Like that is an option. Yeah, and the storyline is so worth it. What what's a good comparison for the type of combat in the game? Yakuza. No, <laughs> It's, it's it's strange, really. I don't know. It's good question. It, it's it's like hack and slash without the swords. Like uh-huh. it's it's combo based. You it's can very, button mash through it without yeah. paying any attention. It's very reactive in terms of like you're encouraged to perform combos and like much like Yakuza, there are heat actions, so you can grab someone with the circle button or whatever platform you're playing on, and then use triangle when you're with contact sensitive context-sensitive parts of the environment, like a car or a, or a shop or a telephone pole, and you'll often just do, like, gratuitously violent things to people. Like, to nice. not, not kill them, to injure them. Because there's there's one... I think, I think it was in the first judgment. You'll buy the road, and a car will pull up, the window will open, and you'll just shove the fucker in there, and it'll just drive off. But nice. It's, it's not like Yakuza, where Kiryu absolutely murders people, but he... He, canonically he doesn't but you can't throw someone off a roof after stabbing them and then that uh, is true but i swear there's, there's, there's definitely a heat action in this one which was actually in in the first judgment as well when you're with kaito where i i swear it would break the person's back he like right <laughs> you like kind of you hit someone and then kaito comes in and full-on punches them in the back in the spine while they're like falling down and it, they there would be severe damage. <laughs> but the old Bane like. backbreaker. Yeah. Uh, any skateboarding? Yeah. yeah. There actually You're... is. They... Really? Oh, yeah. 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 Three for three? <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. They added it for this week. one. <laughs> they knew. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'll let Meg yeah. take the lead because she's played more. It's funny because like before I played, uh, all I could think of was that like, hello, fellow kids meme. Because <laughs> um, obviously, because there was, they did this whole big thing about there's these school stories. He goes into school undercover, and I was like, oh no, like how can he be a student? He's like this old man. Don't worry, he's not a student. He's like a counselor, and but you can't let go of the meme because then he gets given a skateboard. The meme still lives. He is still. Does <laughs> he turn much... backwards then? No. But, like, at first I just thought, oh, it's just this little short thing just to get around the city. It's fine. But they've added in, like, half pipes and, like, poles you can grind down. And then there's, like, a school club to do with it as well. So it's bigger than I thought it was at first. Wow. Yes. Okay. Uh, State Farm? Is that in there? No, maybe. The <laughs> Sponge- SpongeBob memes? 
<laughs> no, they took out the karaoke, so you can't get Sweet Victory in there. Oh, don't even oh. get me started on the lack of karaoke. You can walk into Survive Bar where there was karaoke in Like a Dragon, and and yet there's no karaoke. It's daft. Well, uh, is it on Game Pass? Not yet, but given the, the track one record, is not it, the first one will be soon. All the Yakuza games are on Game Pass. Yeah, right. they'll they'll add oh, they'll add the first one probably soon and then yeah undoubtedly this one will probably come with time gotcha okay so maybe if you're like me and you haven't played the, the series yet it's a good good chance they'll all show up on game pass great what platforms is it on it's on ps4 ps5 xbox one and xbox series x and s and what does it come stadia? out is it, is it on stadia maybe is it on Stadia? It, no, so nobody you, cares. The, the, <laughs> first one is, the first one is on Stadia, I know that. I don't think it is oh, on Stadia, sorry. Um, so if you pre-order like, the Super Digital Deluxe Edition, they're doing like early access from the 21st. But otherwise, if you just get the Standard Edition, it's out on the 24th. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, sounds great. I'm so glad we had so much good skateboard content this week. Uh, well, next week we'll be talking about Death Stranding Director's Cut, so you know, tune in to find out how much Sam Bridges skateboards around in that one. <laughs> oh, there might be a skateboard. I haven't, I haven't gotten that far into it yet. You know what? There's a pretty good chance there's a yeah. skateboard in that game. <laughs> That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show, that would help us a lot. Also, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Epic Schweitzer. Love to hear from you, and we'll see you next week.